It's great to be here, and I'd like us to turn to the Word of God this morning. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles or on your iPhones, seems to be this day. I'd like you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You all know where the book of Ephesians is in the New Testament. When Simon asked me um, some months ago now to come and speak, if I'd like to come and speak today, um, there was immediately a passage came to my mind, and it's been on my mind ever since. And it was confirmed in many ways by some of the readings, particularly the Isaiah reading that came this morning. And uh, I want to speak today about understanding God's will for your life. I'm not going to talk about who you should marry or which job you should do, but just a, a more of a, an overview of understanding God's will for your life. That's what God's told me to speak about today. I want you to have a look at Ephesians 5, and we go from verse 8. And it says, For once you were darkness. That's your life, you. But now you are light. It's not that you're trying to be light. No, you are. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are light. Once you were darkness, but now you are light. Live therefore as children of the light, for the fruit of, of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. That's why it is said, wake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Now this is the word that God has given me. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lift your hands to God, everyone. I want you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, we pray today that you'd come and be glorified in our midst. Speak to our hearts. Keep Steve Braiding from being long-winded or boring. Amen. And Lord, come and glorify your name. Wonderfully move among us. And I pray, I pray this season that you do something astonishing in Hailsham. I pray that you do something here in Hailsham which would shake Sussex. I pray that you do it. Shake the town with the power and the life and the goodness of God, we pray. We love you, Jesus. We're jealous for your name. And everyone said amen. We love you, Lord. We really do. We love you, Lord. Well, it's the 1st of September. It is my birthday today. And I always have mixed feelings 
when I get to September. One, it's my birthday, you think, oh, help. <laughs> but another sense, when it goes back to school and then being at university, um, and then actually on into church life. But at, in September, it's a sort of the end of the holidays, and then it's normally the start of a new academic season. And when you're at school, when you're at university, when you're at college, the lecturers come in, and what they do, they set out the curriculum for the year. Right, this year, we're going to go through this, 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 and this. And there's a sort of a mixed sense of trepidation. You think, well, I hope I can handle all that. It's also the same in the church. Quite often, it's a new sense of a season. We're going for something. We're going to start a new series. We're going to do a new Alpha course, I see this morning. And we're going to get up and running in this. And it's, in a sense, it's another season coming into the church. And when we were at school and university, that they would set out the curriculum, and then they would finish with a warning. And they would say something like this, so you would do well to take note this year, because at the end of it, there's an exam, which I'm not sitting, but you're sitting. And your future depends on that. And you think, oh. <laughs> and they would do it at school and terrify you. And what we find in this passage is that the Apostle Paul lays out the purposes of God, but then he gives a warning. The Bible do gives warn give warnings, and it starts with a warning. And it doesn't say be careful how you live. He says be very careful how you live. You think, wow. Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise people, verse 15, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Because we're living in evil days. I don't know about you, but I have no doubt we are living in evil days. You know, when we were in Australia, I, I used to watch the news. I love watching the news. And quite often, we were a little bit closed off, a little bit isolated. You think, oh, I want to hear the world news. And a highlight in Australia sometimes would be that a lady's cat got stuck in the pipeline somewhere, and it took the fire brigade a whole day to get it out. You see, is that it? <laughs> And uh, it would sort of be at that level. When, you, when I came back to England, you, you, you found out the trouble in Syria, the sort of crisis. You saw Aleppo night after night. We, we only have to turn to any newspaper. We only have to turn to any new, news broadcast. And we, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to tell you that knife crime is on the increase. I don't need to tell you about um, attacks against police has increased. I don't need to tell you about Andrew Harper, 28-year-old, guy who'd only been married for four weeks and was just about due to go on his honeymoon, just answering a routine call, gets murdered or killed. I don't need to tell you this week that Ellie Gold was a 17-year-old girl who was, who was murdered back in May. I don't need to tell you that they also found out that actually who murdered this child, this 17-year-old, was actually another 17-year-old boy. I don't need to tell you about something which happened, which shocked the nation. The judge says it's one of the worst crimes he'd ever had of a six-year-old girl, Alicia McPhail, who's taken from a bed in an island in Scotland, raped and murdered. 
which I won't go into the details, but the judge says it's one of the worst things he'd ever had to deal with. You see, we know when we're living in evil days, when people have been murdered, we know that we are really in evil days when we find out it's our kids who are killing the kids. We find out that there are terrorist attacks, Manchester, London, France, Berlin, Syria. We find out the rainforest being destroyed faster than we've ever known just to drive out the indigenous people. You think, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Is there no end to it? And the Bible tells us very clearly that <clears throat> the days are evil. They are evil days. In fact, 1 John, goes, 1 John says, it says, the whole world is in the grip of the evil one or under the power of the evil one. That's what it says in 1 John 5. But the Bible also tells us to be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the devil. Can anyone say amen? The devil's come to murder, to kill, to destroy and particularly to destroy people. Do you know why he wants to destroy people? He hates people. Do you know why he wants to destroy you? He hates every person here this morning. Hates you. And the reason he hates you is because the Bible says that you are made in the image of God. And every time he sees you, he sees the image of God. He cannot stand God. And so all he wants to do is to destroy you. Through corruption, he cannot create. He can only corrupt. Through corruption. <clears throat> so Jesus says, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. The Bible tells us not only the difficult side, but it also says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Bible also says that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil, to destroy the works of the devil, we're told in Colossians that he disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them by his death and resurrection on the cross. <clears throat> we had the um, privilege of going to Rome. And when you go to Rome, we went to the ancient city and there's one of the most famous roads in the world, the Athenian Way, I think it's called, or Appian Way. And it goes right through the ancient city of Rome. And it's one of these massive roads. And the generals, when they went off to war, they would return. And all the crowds from Rome would line the Athenian way. And the general would, would ride along in his chariot. And everyone would cheer as he'd won some mighty victory. And behind, gagged and wounded and captive and prisoner <clears throat> would be some king or some power that he's overthrown. His enemies would be dragged behind and he would ride through the city and everyone would cheer and cheer. That's the very picture that the Apostle Paul uses when he says he's disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of them. And although this passage says... Be very careful then how you live because the days in which you live are evil. Oh, we have no doubt we're living in evil days. But what do we do? 
What do we do? Do we say, oh, let's close the doors. Let's, let's, let's hide away. A man came to a church once that I was leading in Heathfield. He said, what do you need to do? He said, you need to, uh, you need to hide away. What rubbish. What rubbish. Utter nonsense. Do we hide away? Do we bury our head in the sand? What do we do? What do we do in an evil day? Has God lost the plot? Is he out of control? Is the enemy somehow taken over? Is it some arm wrestling match and he's, out, he's, he's taken over? No, 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 no. This is God's answer. His answer is this. He's already won the victory. The enemy has already been overthrown, but he has not yet been totally eliminated. This is God's purpose in an evil day. His purpose is always the same. His purpose is to act and empower his people. His purpose in an evil day is to have a church and a group of people which are so filled with the life and the power of God that people look on and say, wow, that's something different. That's something which we've never, never seen before. And so what we find, not only a warning, be very careful, but we also find a command in verse 18. It says this, it says, Therefore do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery and licentiousness and immorality and everything else, but be filled instead, be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit which raised Jesus from the dead, get filled with the life of God and be part of God's answer, not part of the problem. That's what he's saying. Be part, get filled with the life of God. Get filled up with God and be the answer to your neighbor's needs. Be the answer to your friends' needs. Be the answer in your work. Be the answer in your college. Be the answer in your school. Get filled with the life of God. That's God's answer to your neighbors. Get filled with the life of God. Do you know every Christian has the Holy Spirit? But not every Christian is filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a command it actually is a command. It's like somebody, um, it's like a commander in, in the army coming up and saying, do that. And um, this is a command, and he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a present, so it means now. It's continuous. Do it for the rest of your life. And it's an imperative, which means do it. This is God's answer in an evil day. Get filled with the life of God. Get filled with the life of God. Well, let me ask you, what does a person look like who's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? What do they look like? How would I recognize one? How could I see one? How would I know? Well, it tells us two things. It tells us, first of all, what they're not like. And then it tells us what they are like. And it says, first of all, he says what they're not like in verse 15. It says they are not unwise. They're not unwise. They're not um, just thinking, oh, well, don't understand what's happening. Don't understand what's happening with uh, the world this day. Don't I don't understand it. I don't understand 
What's going to happen with Brexit? I haven't got a clue. But do we just say, oh, I don't know, if it's, sort of, it's all out of control, I don't know what's going on. No, in, I don't understand the, the mechanics of it all, but I know in the Word of God, he's al- already said in the last days there's going to be all sorts of stress and trouble. They will be evil days. But this is God's overall answer, is a people who are filled with the life of God. We shouldn't be surprised, therefore, that there's, there's stress, there's difficulties. We shouldn't. We've been told... It's here in the Word. It's there. God said it. What's happening? Exactly what he said. Well, what's his answer? Get filled with the life of God. Be the answer, not the problem. The first thing that they're not, they're not unwise, but they actually understand the purposes of God, and they're making the most of every opportunity in their workplace, their office, in their school. Are you making the most of every opportunity? It is my birthday today. It's my 70th birthday today. And um, I didn't know this, but my son David, he took me on a very special day yesterday. I'll tell you what it was. In the church I go to, we have a director of Southampton Football Club. And I've been a support of Southampton Saints since I was at university and the Dell used to be just down the road. We used to go and see Mick Shannon and Terry Payne and all the heroes, you know, back in the Dell, one or two older folks sort of smiling. Remember those names? <coughs> it's all the older folks who <laughs> remember that. And, uh, we, and I've always followed the Saints. I, they're not, they're pretty good, but they're, <laughs> they're not always that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I follow them. That's all part of it. And my son asked um, the director, would you be able to get my dad and me some tickets? And I know this guy, very good friend, actually, he's turned out to be. And um, he got us into the director's box yesterday, playing Manchester United against Southampton. And we walk into this room, and lo and behold, right there, I'm meeting Alex Ferguson and Matt Letizier. And you thought, Alex Ferguson, the man. And then there's all the Manchester United directors all in dark suits and they're standing listening, you know, to Alex Ferguson. And we walked in and say hello. But I knew in the morning God had spoken to me and said, make sure you take your personal tract. Now I wrote my personal tract saying how I became a Christian. It's got my life story here how I became a Christian in 340 words. got a picture which I painted on the front, and it's got my name signed on the back, my personal track. Keep it in my pocket. And I just felt reminded, make sure you take it, make sure you take it. So I thought, I'm going to look for an opportunity. Now, everyone was talking to Alex, so I just kept out of the way. And and, um, I went over to see a football shirt on the wall which had a plaque underneath, which was a brilliant goal scored by Matt Letizier. At that moment, Matt Letizier turned up. Uh, he was a Southampton star. Has anybody heard of that name? <laughs> he turned up. And uh, we got talking. I said, do you remember that goal? He said, oh, I remember that goal, all right. <laughs> and while we were talking, Alex Ferguson came over and joined us. And he stands there, Sir Alex, and he's talking to me. He's not talking to Matt Letizier, he's talking to me. And he's going on and on and on, he's talking. And I said, I've read your book. I said, I've really enjoyed your book, which is true, I did. 
I started saying, I, really, I love the pub scene in Glasgow. And he said, oh, yeah, the part of it was great, you know. And, <laughs> and then I said, I remember Ryan Giggs, that, um, how you brought him on and how he played for Manchester City. And you, he really wanted to play for United. And he said, oh, yeah, Ryan. Oh, yeah. And we were talking away. And I could remember um, things in his book. Anyway, we then had dinner and uh, we then went out onto the pitch or on, not to the pitch, onto the stands and in the director's box and Southampton, Manchester United scored and then we equalized and it was a great, great game. And I, I just said, Lord, please give me an opportunity. I'd like to speak to Alex Ferguson. And uh, when I came back in, he was all on his own, just on the table. And he was just catching up on the football results. I went over to him and I just said, Alex, it's great to meet you. I said, I loved reading your book. I love reading your story. I said, I wonder if you'd like to read my story. <laughs> and so, he, so I said, I've got my story here. It's a bit shorter than yours, 340 words. <laughs> and so he says, oh, I, oh I, I'll read that. Now, he's going back on the plane, but I felt, who knows? We need to make sure of every opportunity. You see, I, would ne I didn't know that I'd meet Sir Alex Ferguson yesterday. He was a lovely guy, really, really nice chap. Very sociable guy. We never know who we meet. We never know where we'll be. But make sure at every opportunity you're ready to speak for the purposes of God, to give an account of who you are. That's God's purpose in it all. That is God's purpose. That's what he wants to do. He wants to take hold of your life, and he wants to take hold of my life <clears throat> and use us in his purposes. I actually don't like um, being the center of attention of things. I... Um, understand you sing happy birthday and that or actually always feel a bit awkward never quite sure what to do and I wasn't going to have a birthday party until I had a dream and I had a dream and in the night God spoke to me and said I want you to throw a birthday party and invite friends and neighbors and so I did and I prayed for sunshine so we could have a nice barbecue and it absolutely poured with rain. <laughs> it drenched, torrential rain, all day. My son Simon was coming over to sing some Beatles songs and what have you, and I uh, had many friends. But what I did, I invited a, a friend who I used to know some years ago before I became a Christian, Roger, came to the party. And there were a lot of Christian friends there, because I've been around for some time, and I invited all my neighbors to come, 14 of them. And 10 of them came. They came to the party. And we had a great evening. And then my friend Roger, who's quite a high flyer, he said this. He says, I, I, I can't understand it. He said, there's, there's something different here. There's something different. He said, what is it? It's something different. How many of them are Christians? He said, there's a, there's a, there's a nice atmosphere here. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, like a quality about it. What is it? Several of my neighbors wrote to me and said that was a brilliant evening. The next-door neighbor was almost moved to tears. He said, that was wonderful. Throw a barbecue. Throw a party. Invite your friends and neighbors. Give your testimony. Make use of every opportunity. You might be the answer to your road now. You might be the answer to the needs in your school now. You might be the answer to the needs in your work right now. Go for it. Dare to believe 
God is for you. Dare to believe that word this morning. Dare to believe the thing about Isaiah chapter 6. Woe is me, I'm ruined. Yeah, that's true. But I've been cleansed. I've been touched by a burning coal. I've been touched by the blood of Jesus. Now hear the voice of God. Who's going to go? Who will have a barbecue? Who will invite a friend on Alpha? Who's going to go for me? Who can I send? Is there anyone in Hailsham I can send? And then Isaiah said, well, I'm here. I have a go. Great. Go for it. God wants to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I'm weak, I'm failing, I'm trembling, I'm a nervous wreck. Join the party. We all are. But God wants to take us and not so we stay like that. He wants to take us, fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit so that we become an answer to the lives and to the needs of Hailsham. Wouldn't it be wonderful this year if you were the answer to your next-door neighbor's needs, to those in work? To those in your family, oh, my friends, go for it. When we moved to Australia, my wife, I'll pick on my wife, um, she's a nurse. She went to the hospital. She told them that she was a Christian, and they totally ignored her. They were quite rude to her. So she just quietly prayed for them day by day for a year. And then after a year, she asked one or two on the Alpha course. And they sort of weren't sure. And then they made her the nurse of the year on her ward. And then suddenly five of her friends came on the Alpha course. Five off of one ward in a hospital and got saved into the kingdom of God. And one lady got saved into the kingdom of God and we did her funeral just before we came back to England. She's now in heaven with Jesus because Ruth dared to open her mouth and speak. You say, oh, I'm all, the people don't like it. They don't want to hear about Christians. Get filled with the life of God. Start praying. The days are evil. Oh, yeah, they're evil, all right. But what's God's answer? God's answer is his church. It's you, it's me. Me? Ah, help! Yeah, that's right, Lord, help. Come fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what it's saying. Don't get drunk with wine. Don't stick your head in a bucket. Don't stick your head in the sand. Get filled with the life of God. Start speaking and praising God and go for it as best you can. And the power and the life of God will be with you and give you what to say. Amen? He's going to do it. That's his purpose. That's his purpose. That's his purpose. So they're not foolish, they're not unwise, they're not drunk. You know, oh, I'm afraid. No, no, they're not digging their head in the sand. It is a bit scary, but we know God's answer. We are the answer. We're not going to join the problem. And neither are they grieving the Holy Spirit. They're not foolish, they're not drunk. They're not grieving the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 31, it says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every sort of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God forgave you. Do you know bad attitudes are everywhere? Do you know you can change your situation just by having a different attitude? Do you know the last time I came here to the church, I was driving from Hassocks, I was on the A27, and I was driving along past Lewis, and I wanted to pass a car. I was doing 70 mile an hour in the fast lane to pass him. 
And suddenly, this car came right up on my, the back of my, my um, bumper, about a foot away, great big black car. His lights full on, and he's sort of flashing his lights, and, and he was giving me the most offensive sign, so I quickly pulled over. He drove past, waving his fist and giving me a really offensive sign, just because he was in a hurry. I was doing 70 I was in a hurry too. I was a bit late. <laughs> I was doing 70. Do you know that you can change a situation just by being of a different attitude? Not by joining the party and moaning and grumbling and being miserable. You can just change. I'm astonished. I noticed quite a difference coming back from Australia when I was away for quite a time. I felt attitudes got more aggressive and more irritable and people losing patience with each other. My friend, don't be like that. Don't grieve the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't get bitter. Don't get full of unkindness. Do you know there's a lot of unkindness around? Don't get full of unforgiveness towards other people. Do you know the people who've hurt me most in my life the people who've hurt me most in my life are my parents and other Christians. Now, I could, be, I could really be bitter. I could really be bitter, but I've had to say, no, God's forgiven me. He's dealt with me. And you have to get rid of it. Otherwise, you end up becoming the victim. And you, the minute you say, Lord, I didn't like that, but I surrender it to you, it's like healing balm to your soul. And I found this, that when people get older, they either get very bitter and twisted, or they become very sweet and fragrant. And I've noticed people go those two ways. I thought, older people, I thought, why is that lady so sweet and radiant? Whenever you talk to her, she's full of sweetness and joy. And that man's always so bitter. He's like, I've got a bit, he's like, he's been baptized in lemon juice or something. You know, he's, he's just bitter. Why is it? And you often find that people have... The one person, they've both been through difficulties and suffering. One person has embraced it and said, Lord, I commend it to you. I refuse to be bitter. And somebody else has taken it all on board. Some people almost make an identity out of being offended. Oh, they offended me. Oh, they offended me. And they're very easy. They're very touchy. They're very easy to offend. Are you very easy to offend? Are you very touchy? Don't be. Very touchy. I can be a bit touchy sometimes. No, no, no. We, we shouldn't be. God, please change us. Please forgive us. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. While I was praying for you, this illustration came to mind. It's very, very simple. This is your life, filled with the Holy Spirit. I'll clean it up at the end, Paul. <laughs> David says, my cup overflows. Some people's lives aren't like that, though. Some people's lives are full of bitterness, full of resentment, 
can't let go of the past, can't let go of things. And they're like this. Fill me, Lord, with your spirit. I'm trying to. <laughs> fill me, Lord, again. Oh, yeah. Fill me, Lord. Continually fill me. I hate that woman down the road. I can't stand her. I shan't forgive my mother. I shall never forgive my sister. I shall never forgive my mother. I can't stand them. Lord, fill me with your spirit. And what we do, this is an illustration while I was praying for you, God told me to use this morning. Because I know it's a very simple illustration, but when we carry grudges and bitterness, and, and we can all do that. We probably all of us here have got a string of things that we could chalk up. When we say, God, fill me with your spirit, we're like a bucket with holes in it. What's a person like? Well, we know what they're not like. They're not unwise. They're not drunk. They're not grieving the Holy Spirit by their attitude. Very quickly as I come to a close, what are they like? What are they like? What time do we finish? Have I got five minutes? Have we? What time do we finish? It's probably about ten minutes ago, is it? Oh, round about now. Okay. All right. I've got five, five minutes. It is my birthday, Simon. <laughs> All right. Very quickly, what are they like? I'll be quick. They are vocal. They are vocal. They are speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I found that people speak about the ones they love. When I meet a guy and he's falling in love with a girl, or a girl's falling in love with a guy, they, they speak about it. They, you can see it on their face. We speak about the ones we love. Do you speak about the ones you love? We're praying for our neighbors. We're in a, in a group. We're praying for them. We pray for them this morning, driving here. We pray for you, driving here. We're praying for them each day. There's a group of five or six of them praying for each, each day. God, get hold of them. Get hold of them. They never meet other Christians around. Get hold of them. Get hold of them. Get hold of them. That's why we're here, and we're praying for them. We've got to be speaking. We've got to be um, speaking out, and uh, we've got to be vocal. You know, before I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was, um, I was a little bit nervous. I was at university, and I was asked to give my testimony at a, at a Christian thing at Christmas time. They said this, tell us what Jesus means to you. And I was so nervous, I didn't turn up for the meeting. And then I got convicted about baptism. I got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And I found all I wanted to do was to speak to other people. I had a Morris Thousand in those days, and I used to drive around looking for people to pick up, hitchhike as anybody, and I'd talk to them about Jesus. I have some friends here today, actually. They turned up this morning, Roger and Leslie. I'm going to pick on them. When I, Roger was my next-door neighbor when we lived in Horham. When I met Roger and Leslie, Roger was always going to punch the milkman on the nose or beat the the doctor up or do somebody in or I asked to talk him out or do this or do that the other and one day he came home, he's a plumber and uh, the, the doctor said he will never be able to walk again we went round and we prayed for him and God touched him God touched him and his wife and others in their family and turned their lives right round and for the last 20 years they've spent their holidays going out to to Kenya 
taking street children who have been the off-scouring from the nation whom no one cares for, and they've set up an orphanage with two houses out there where they right now are supporting 70 people, 70 children who have taken off the streets. They're feeding them and clothing them. They've been doing that for the last 20 years. They're here today. Because Jesus has touched their lives. They're vocal. They want to tell others about what God has done for them. The first thing about a person filled with the Holy Spirit, they're vocal. They're speaking to one another about it in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. <coughs> Secondly, that they're joyful. They're joyful. Do you know one of the most joyful people I know is Terry Virgo? I'm meeting him this week to pray. I meet with him on a Wednesday to pray, and I'm meeting this, this week. And Terry, he's, he's getting on. He's 10 years older than me, so he's just coming up for 80 and he's saying, Lord, I want it. we're praying. I'll tell you what we'd be praying for. We'd be praying for revival. God breaking on the nation. God breaking on the nation. Come in revival. And he's saying, Lord, come and break. Do more than I can ask or think or imagine. He's a joyful person. You're a joyful person. You're a joyful person. A person filled with the Holy Spirit is vocal, but they're also joyful. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs are coming out of their mouth. And then thirdly, they're also thankful. Always giving thanks to God for everything. In verse 20, always giving thanks to God for everything. They're vocal, they're joyful, they're thankful. But that's tough. I can give thanks to God sometimes for some things, but not always for all things. We went to Cornwall recently. Ruth and I were serving a new day. I was looking after the grandchildren, and uh, we were exhausted by, by looking after the grandchildren. We'd been in a tent, and we thought we'd go on an Airbnb. We went to one Airbnb. We thought, let's just try it. We went in the middle of Bodmin Moor, and it was absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant, loved it. But we'd actually decided we'd go there for three days, and then we would go on further down, and we'd stay there for four days. When we turned up at this next place, it started to pour with rain. In fact, it was a storm cast for the whole weekend. They were cancelling concerts. Everybody was leaving Cornwall. And the place that we booked on Airbnb wasn't that special at all. We got there, and it was quite a bit dull, <laughs> very dull. <laughs> and I, we sat there and thought, do we really want to spend four days here in the pouring rain, sat here? I thought, I'd rather be home. So we turned around and drove all the way home. We thought, let's just go home. We lost, we lost all the money, lost a whole lot. We got home. And the next morning, the farmer cut the field. I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, I got a really bad back. I said, come in, Fred, and have a cup of coffee. He came in. He'd been to the doctor. He got a real pain in his chest, right across his chest. He said, they're doing all these tests on me. I said, I'd like to pray for you. So he says, oh, I'm not used to praying. He says, I don't talk to God much. I don't think he speaks to people like me. I said, well, I'll pray for you. I put my hand on his shoulder. And he says, he says, whoa. He says, I, 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 feel, I feel all different. He says, I, I feel all different. He says, the pain, he says, I can feel the pain moving across the top of my chest. He says, and he says, it's, it's gone out the other side. That's what he said. He says, whoa. I've, I've, I've never been like this before. This has never happened to me before. 
And when he left, Ruth said to me, that's why we were meant to come back from Cornwall. I thought I'd do that a thousand times just to pray for one friend. And beloved, you may say, oh, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Let's be thankful. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. Amen? We enter his courts with praise. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak to one another. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And always, always giving thanks to God for everything in Christ Jesus. Because this is God's will for your life. It's God's will for your life. Let's stand. Lift your hands to God. I wish I had time. I'd love, to, I'd love this morning to prophesy over everybody. But I haven't got time. <laughs> Just lift your hands to the Lord. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, I'd love to be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Come and touch me. If you're a misery, say, Lord, I'm a misery. I want to turn from it. I'm a real old misery, but please forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. Help me to get filled with the Holy Spirit so in these evil days, I'm the answer to my neighbor's needs. I'm the answer to our road. I'm the answer in my office. I thank you, Lord, for this dear, this dear church. I thank you for Simon and Anna. I thank you, Lord, so much for them. I, I pray you're coming into a new season. You're coming into a new season as a church, and it's time to um, take the brakes off. Some of you have been running along with the sort of brakes on. Some of you have been sort of thinking, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not this, not the other. And it's time for that to go. God's taking the brakes off, and he's putting his foot on the accelerator in your life. And the purposes of God is to move in your life. We pray for Anna. We ask you, Lord, that you come on her physical body at this time. We pray that you touch her, Lord Jesus. We ask you, please, would you do that? We thank you so much for this couple. We pray, come in your love and your grace and your mercy. Bless them and protect them. And I pray, Lord, for this church in Hailsham, that they go from strength to strength to strength to strength. And all the people said, amen. God bless. Thanks for being patient. <laughs>